You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. Great to be chatting with you again today. How are you going? I'm well, thanks, brother. I'm very well and looking forward to heading to MYC this week. Very yes. excited. Our mid-year conference uh, will yeah. be a huge time of Bible and learning um, yeah. and uh, encouragement. So, yes. yeah, what are you looking forward to about it? Oh, I just I just love the watching other people for the first time, often our first year and second year uni students, just getting their heads down deep into God's Word and having their hearts changed. And I get that experience too, but I love watching it happen in their lives. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And we promised last week that actually we'd be on holidays this week. That was my administrative error. So we, we're here for another week. Uh, no, no, it was the fault of us. We, we were operating in a day-by-day sort of mode, <laughs> uh, which is pretty common for me. Um, so we only had a vague idea of what the future was. Held. Yes, that's exactly right. But anyway, um, what a have you been doing? Bonus podcast, yeah, yeah, a bonus podcast. What have you been doing lately, Richard? Anything? Oh, fun? I've been really enjoying a, a um, some fiction reading. Um, Ooh. it's called uh, "The Legends of the Condor Heroes," and it's you know title like that clearly sci-fi fantasy. Um, okay. But what's interesting is that this is um, a series of Chinese kind of kung fu. Um, epics, um, which uh, were written by Jin Yong originally in 1959, about that that period. Um, I'm currently on book two, The uh, the Bond Undone. And um, the fun thing about this is it's um, it's a full-on kung fu adventure with lots of action and fighting and heroes. It's in the era, (laughs) set in the era of the Song Dynasty around the rise of Genghis Khan. Okay, Um, wow. Our main heroes are Guo Jing and Lotus Huang. And uh, I'll just share a few th- fun things that I enjoy about this series. Okay. Uh, firstly, there's lots of colourful um, characters with great names. Mm. So um, I'll share two. One, one guy is Tiger Peng, the outlaw, butcher of a thousand hands. That's his title. <laughs> that's, that's good. And there's also Jade Han, maiden of the U.S. sword. Uh, she's, she's a great hero. So lots of colourful heroes who come out of monasteries or um, kung fu schools or um, are associated with a royal court or something like that with, with great uh, martial arts skills. Yeah. Um, you know, they, and the other thing I enjoy is the moves. A lot of the moves have fancy names. Oh, okay. So um, they'll say Guo Jing performed Haughty Dragon Repents and – that's a move that involves the arms and has an impact. I'll, I'll share. I'll share th- a couple more moves. Sorry, that's really funny. I've got heaps of these. Okay, um, go, keep going. Wild goose approaches land. That's another move. Um, don't, you don't want to get hit by that one. Um, no. This one, Andy picked up. He was reading it as well. He's, he liked this one. This move is called "Grab the Basket by the Handle." <laughs> I, we, we we thought that could something we could manage. But you um, could do that one. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a more achievable rather than uh, wild goose approaches the land. <laughs> yes. And definitely the last one I mentioned here, uh, that's a lazy donkey roll. I, I feel like I could do a lazy donkey roll, but that's sort of elementary kung fu. But, uh, <laughs> okay, question. You're yeah. reading a book. So how do you picture the moves? Are they quite described in the book? Uh, it'll be something like curling your hand in a circle and then gathering okay. your inner chi okay. and sending the hand and the chi together in a way that um, 
distracts somewhere and delivers a hit somewhere and okay. it might right. um, yeah, crack a tree or something like that or yeah, um, disable dislocate your shoulder. Yeah. yeah, okay, I see where it is. So you can picture what's going on. You're not meant to just sort of know <laughs> what wild goose <laughs> well, approaches it, the land. It gives, or... Yeah, it gives some, some, there's some hints, you know, like if okay. it's a, the lion leaving the cave, it's sort of a, a, a jumping out kind of thing. Because I'm yeah. imagining that like the crossover skill here is that you could go watch a kung fu movie and be like, oh, that's the wild goose approaches the land. Oh, right there. yes. No, well, that's the whole thing. People will watch a fight and say, oh, that person was schooled in the uh, central divinity Taoist tradition or that person <laughs> comes from Peach Blossom Island and has been trained by <laughs> Apocryphary Huang. Um, wow. So, uh, There's this yeah. whole world that you're engaging in right oh, now. Oh, it's that's just great fun. fun. You know me. That's I, really I, fun. I, I love these foreign kind of adventures. So I, I get terribly bored with regular sci-fi. Sorry, regular sci-fi fans. But, um, yeah, something uh, with all this colour. Loving it. It's just so super duper fun. That's oh. my story. Yeah. How about you, Joe? What's uh, well, what fun things? We're going to go full weather nerd right now because yeah, I'm in. Um, I talked about my rain gauge at the start of the year and my anticipation, deep anticipation about the joys that would come from my rain gauge. And it has mm. delivered. It's on a post. It's this plastic tube within a plastic tube. Yeah. And every time I've emptied that water from my rain gauge, and it has rained a lot because of the La Nina weather pattern, mm. I've just felt this like, deep sense of understanding my sense of place and how yeah, much rain cool. has fallen. Anyway, so I thought, right, it's approaching mid-year. I should check out how much rain we've had over the last couple of months and, you know, our biggest rainfall days. And so here's a little challenge for you, Richard. Yeah. Which do you think was the the rainiest month we've had so far? Uh, we see. We're in, in June, yeah. May, we're starting to dry out. Um it felt like April. A lot of soccer games cancelled in April. You would think April, but March left it for dead. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was wow. a crazy. There was one day where we had 41.5 mils of rain at my place. Wow. It was incredible. Yeah. But then here's where we're going full nerd. Uh, uh, someone who listens along, our good friend Sam from Lake Mac, who's a flood <laughs> engineer, sent me the meteorologically meteorological charts meteorological yeah that's right charts from the bureau of meteorology for newcastle which go back 160 years wow 160 years (laughs) so of course i was like right firstly what's their method they check the rain at 9 a.m on their local clock time and record the Mm -hmm. previous 24 hours i am an 8 a.m checker okay and i don't know if that means more or less rain or whatever but we differ so we can't do a direct comparison they're also measuring at nobbies and i'm in new lambton so they're right on the coast i'm not yeah so and my data is not 100 percent accurate i'm going to be honest (laughs) sure they go down to the like the one decimal point whereas i'm only (laughs) i'm only like half like if it's got half a mil great if it's not it gets nothing there's no in between seems, seems pretty accurate to me yeah thanks mate that, that's good encouragement um they don't have all their months filled out for the, all of the years but mm-hmm. i can tell you that march is actually the rainiest month in newcastle in general so you yep. can just know okay. just prepare for that emotionally for next year if you need good to know good to know yeah and my final fact that i think is really really important for everyone to know <laughs> <laughs> is that the rainiest march ever on record happened in nineteen no eighteen seventy, yeah, and it there was no eighteen seventy one, and there was five hundred and forty four mils, which wow. if you can understand it, a heavy rain day in Newcastle was forty one mils. Which yeah, means 
they had incredible amounts of rain. Whatever anyone was doing in Newcastle in 1871 was harsh <laughs> because they were trying to get around on dirt roads. Like, what? In mud everywhere. Yes, that's right. Anyway, I just really deeply enjoyed this. I'm very thankful to Sam for sharing all of this information. <laughs> and now I can go about my day informed about the rain. <laughs> oh, everything done with it rains around Newcastle. I'm thinking of you and your rain gauge. Yeah. yeah. I have enjoyed texting my friend who also has a rain gauge on the other side of town. Oh, and yeah. it can very much vary what's had over there versus here. So uh, that's so cool. It is super duper fun. Anyway, on to more important things. Indeed. The word of the Lord. <laughs> yes. What have you been reading? I'm reading very slowly through Matthew chapter 4 Ooh. at the moment. And uh, this, uh, you know, just love, would love to reflect on Jesus' first testing in the desert. Ooh, okay. So, um, yeah, Matthew 4, 1 to 4, really. Uh, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. Now, I just, um, the, I think this testing just invites us to think deeply because it's so economical with the, with the words. Mm. There's not a big speech from the devil. It's just a sentence. And likewise from Jesus, not a big speech. So very economical, very packed. You kind of add water and see how this expands. Mm. And, um, I, I just noticed as I went through slowly, I uh, love that phrase after this fasting, he was hungry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm hungry after six hours, but 40 <laughs> days, 40 nights, I think we're supposed to think desperately hungry. As yes. In, um, you know, as I've read about these experiences, people fantasizing about food. I think that's what happens yeah. after a certain time. Yeah. Um, and then the tempter, the tester, this interesting word there. Yes, that's about me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just... Uh, yeah, right, like one who tests a, a different language along the side the um, uh, the devil. Mm. Um, and there's that big if. It really does start with that. If you are the son of God. Mm. Um, so like the garden of, uh, in, uh, of Eden, casting doubt. If mm. did God really say? If um, casting doubt on, on what Jesus knows. Mm. Um and then it's, yeah, tell these stones to become bread. Just that's such an interesting thing. Um, I feel like he's saying, um, use your power and authority to subvert God's will or to deviate from obedience for the mm. sake of comfort, something like that. Mm. Um, wow, that is know, a lot there. The answer, yeah, I'll get your thoughts. I'll just, and his answer, of course, Jesus goes back to scripture. Um, that's his bedrock. That's the, mm. that's the zone of safety uh, to come back mm. to what scripture says. And um, it doesn't get too complicated, but he just picks up on, on bread and says, no, what, what counts is um, sustaining ourselves on every word that comes from the mouth of God, sustaining mm. ourselves on scripture and where we see truth there. Mm. So some and that's profound quote, stuff, yeah. That's a quote from Deuteronomy, is it? Yeah, Deuteronomy 8 verse 3, yeah. All these quotes mm. are from Deuteronomy. Mm. Um, so just profound there, I think, and, you know, praise God for Jesus' obedience. Um, but mm -hmm. and thinking on our own lives, yeah, that temptation to use God's blessings to us for our own personal convenience and benefit and comfort and pleasure, mm. and but instead to rely on God's words, think deeply in God's word, um, live on it, you know, 
sort of kind of stuff we're trying to do in this podcast, really, isn't it, Joe? Mm, um, mm. And that's that's the the anchor for Jesus. Mm. That's and my I, thoughts. Tell me your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, well, I just liked your phrase of that's where, you know, the safety lies in going back to God's word. Mm. I thought that was a really great f- way of describing what what we do in the face of a thought that mm. that in any way draws us away from trusting in the Lord or di- redirects our eyes away from the, the, the straight path. And yeah. so in the face of the ifs and the did he reallys and the can you trust God, mm, um, mm. you know, amidst this experience or this feeling or this struggle, saying, okay, scripture in my head, that's going to help. And yeah. um, my mind immediately goes to memorization and Christian songs and just a little quiet time every day. Like those, yeah. those things are just such a gift to us in those yeah. moments of temptation, aren't they? But um, Yeah. I don't, mm. I, think, I don't think we can think ourselves out of temptation or no. manipulate our feelings out of temptation. Or even um, prevent it always from being there, that mm. we're in this broken creation now. It's, it's you know, Jesus has died and risen again, but yeah. it, we're waiting for his return. So, yeah. We come back to God's word. Mm. So, yep. Loving, <laughs> the, you know, the benefits of going through slowly is uh, yeah. enjoying that and I've been encouraged in, uh, in our Bible reading. Yeah, I love um, that. But, Joe, yeah, keen to hear about what you're thinking <laughs> and reading about at the moment. Mm. Well, last year you talked about um, Dominion by Tom Holland. I did. The, yes. And I had it on my list and I've finally gotten around to it and I've right. started it and I'm really enjoying it, Richard. Oh, it's wonderful. a great recommendation. Um, there have been things I've I've not liked his phrasing, so I'm mm-hmm. deep into the point where he's discussing Paul's relationship with the Corinthians at the moment and how he describes Paul's formation of the the, the one Corinthians letter and his instructions to the church. I'm like, no, Tom, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd draw out something. I'd just make a comment on something that I thought the book really helped with because he's not a Christian, but he is obviously a historian and mm. he's worked really hard at understanding the context through which the Western church has been formed and shaped by um, this Christian heritage that we we all have. Anyway, so there's this chapter where he's gone right back to Jerusalem before Jesus was born. So Jerusalem, 63 BC, Mm. and it's only the first or second chapter. It's very early in the book. And so he's partway through the chapter, he's exploring the relationship of God with Moses and the people of Israel. So Mm. he's gone all the way back to those really early formation Old Testament ideas of Mm. God and Moses and the people of Israel. So he's way off script in some ways. I was like, wow, he's gone right back. Good. Okay. He's getting into the Old Testament. All right. And so he's looking at, he's talking about the relationship between God and the people of Israel. And this is the quote. Uh, The Lord God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, had granted to the children of Israel a momentous and unprecedented honour, a covenant. No other people had so much as contemplated that such a thing might be possible. Gods served as to witness treaties, after all, not to enter into one themselves. Who were uh, were mortals to imagine that they might contract an alliance with a deity? Mm. Only the Jews had dared entertain such a novel, such a blasphemous conceit. That they had entered into an accord with the Lord God provided a foundation stone for their understanding of the divine, and it goes on to explain how Moses had these, the you know the law the laws written down, and that shaped their whole existence. You know the Ark of the Covenant, the Temple, being the chosen people, what the terms of the covenant were. 
And I was thinking, wow, thank you, God, for using this man who is not yet a believer and praying <laughs> yes. for him as I was listening to, to articulate this idea. But the idea that grabbed me was that our God, Yahweh, was intervening to offer a contract to humanity, to humanity his chosen people, mm-hmm. when all the other little G gods, mm. all the other idols, would never do that and that actually the God of the universe contracted himself to humanity and how how amazing that was and yeah. how different that was that he offered this honour of a covenant with him. Yeah. I have not had that articulated like that before and I really enjoyed hearing that. That was so good. I've forgotten that section of the book, but, um, yeah, that just brilliant because often we be reading, say, through Deuteronomy or, or Exodus and we think, oh, yeah, okay, here's the bit where God has a covenant. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. On we go. Um, of course he does because he's a really merciful, loving God and yeah. you, know, you just know all of God's character. So you think, of course he's going to offer a covenant because that's what he does. Yeah, we lose the impact. But having yeah. someone like Tom Holland who's familiar with ancient, um, the ancient world yes. go, yeah, point out how weird, radical that is. Yes. Uh, it's so helpful um, for and, appreciating and yeah. loving the scriptures there. That's exactly right. And he continues to explore how distinctive the Jews were as a result of mm-hmm. these, these, this covenant relationship with God. Yeah. And I really enjoy how he draws that thread through. And so there, there are things I've thought, no, Tom. You need to be converted. The way you're describing <laughs> yes. this is non-Christian. Yes. But there are other things I've thought, wow, Tom, God has revealed that to you. And I'm really thankful because <laughs> it's taught me things. <laughs> so I'm, I feel like I'm, he's, you know, it's an audio book, so it's being yes. read to me. So I feel like I'm having a relationship with Mr. Tom Holland. I don't know where he is or where he I'm guessing he's British. But yes. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I'm looking forward to the oncoming chapters. It's I've yeah. found it quite engaging and would recommend it as a, as a book. Definitely. Yeah. And I, as not a great historical reader, have found it very <laughs> enjoyable. Perhaps not the first chapter. You might need to push through the first chapter. But yeah. after that, I'm I'm hooked. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I'm so pleased to hear about you um, yeah, reading and learning. <laughs> Joe, we are out of time, I think. Um, are we? Yeah. Oh, we are too. Wow. I lost track. Um, so uh, it has been great talking about um, Chinese kung fu novels and uh, rain gauges. Jesus' temptation and uh, uh, the ancient uh, perspective from a historian um, on Christianity. It is, uh, yeah, wide-ranging conversation as always. As always. Um, But if you enjoy uh, listening to our podcast, you might enjoy listening to some of the resources on the Reach Australia Network. Um, They have some great podcasts and um, particularly recently of the uh, Reach conference that Joe and I were on. So Mm. uh, if you are interested in learning more about um, church ministry, Reaching Australia for Christ, There's some great stuff there that we would recommend. Yeah. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. We're looking forward to (laughs) talking to you again then. (laughs) Look forward to it. See you, Joe. See you, mate. Bye.